Hey everybody, and welcome to the We Ship It podcast, episode two. On today's podcast, we will focus on the great Gatsby and his dreamy love for Daisy. Yes, we're so excited to talk with you all today about this controversial couple and our feelings on their story. Does their ship sail or sink? Find out by listening till the end, and then we're going to reveal the couple for our next episode. Hey guys, I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast. On We Ship It, we talk about your favorite and not so favorite couples of all time from literature, TV, movies, culture, and everything in between. Yes, and today we have a fun one. We're actually going to be talking Gatsby and Daisy from The Great Gatsby. You all know that book that we read in high school, Mm -hmm. the classic tale about the roaring 20s. I absolutely loved this story when I was in high school. But I'm not necessarily sure if that's because of the couple we're about to discuss or because of how cool it was to read about the Roaring Twenties. We shall see. Oh, definitely. So with that, let's hop into some discussion. Um, It is ideal that it is 2020 and we are talking about The Great Gatsby in 2020. 2020. The Roaring (laughs) Twenties. Of course, Rona is taking over, but that is okay. We will still Ah. push on. So the first question we will start off with today is this a story of Gatsby's tragic love story or his obsession over Daisy? Good question. Oh my gosh, look at that. I'd have to say both if I'm being honest. You know, Gabby, Gabby, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Gabby, Gatsby has an infatuation with Daisy, which is important to distinguish from love. That's really an important thing to say. But, however, I do believe Gatsby and Daisy were once in love. Like, I'm not going to deny that at one point in their lives that they may have had love. Um, And I can't not mention that. But their tale of their days past really indicates this love they had for one one another. But then, as they both kind of changed, as the times changed, I think their minds got the best of them. And they remembered these past selves that weren't necessarily the same as their their future selves and their true selves. Um, and they were in love with this idea of the other person. And that's kind of what, that's kind of what I see as Gatsby's obsession at the point that we're meeting him is that Mm -hmm. he has this obsession with Daisy from the past, you know? Very true. Um, I think personally, I think I like, like you said, it's both Nick does a good job as a narrator presenting both of these circumstances, both the tragic love story and the obsession over Daisy. Um, throughout the text, the readers feel the passion he has for Daisy. When he is longing for Daisy from afar, readers yearn for him. When he is fighting for Daisy, readers are rooting for him. So it's just like this constant, like, we are his cheerleaders in the background going through the text with him. A hundred percent. I love that, that we're his cheerleaders. And it's kind of <laughs> sad because we are. We're like, we're kind of hoping for it, even though we kind of know. There are like little tiny points that Fitzgerald brings up that I'm going to talk about later, and I'm sure you two will bring up some parts. Um, but some little parts that you start to realize maybe Gatsby doesn't get it. <laughs> maybe he he he's yes. he has this idea of Daisy that's not maybe so true and accurate of who she actually is. And it's sad because you still want it to happen, no right. matter you, you know get that, that You get that can't. beautiful love story that falls, but you also see the other hand of that where you get these obsessive tendencies. Um, Years after he returns from war, he illegally earns money, moves in across the pond from Daisy, and holds extravagant parties in hopes that she will one day attend. 
So it's just like this right. weird, it's like, creepy. <laughs> it's a little creepy. <laughs> uh, and he simply cannot accept that Daisy has moved on. Uh, I think it's just interesting. Um, Daisy has almost come to represent all of his larger hopes and dreams about wealth and a better yep. life that he cannot fully obtain without her. A hundred percent. And we're going to get more into mm-hmm. all of the little moments that kind of prove these these theses. Is it theses or theses? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, much. next question. Moving on from my ridiculous self. Um, so I actually thought this was an important one to start with because there are so many moments. Um, but what are your favorite Daisy and Gatsby ship moments and also your not so favorite ones? So one of my favorite ones um, are just the random flashbacks that we get. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think in those flashbacks, you get the purest form of their relationship. Yes, um, it's falsely portrayed because Jay is lying about or not wanting to make note of his wealth. Um, He kind of never approaches the subject with her. So that's why she just like expects him to be wealthy. So they have this flawed relationship at this very start but you still have um them in their almost purest nature when they first start out that honeymoon phase so that's one of my personal favorite moments what about for you i love it so i have a few that i love and i also have a few that like make me cringe um a lot so the first one i'm going to bring up is when Gatsby details their past encounters. He's talking to Nick. Um, but when he talks about their first kiss, I think that that is so freaking romantic. <laughs> I love the story of this like innocent little rich girl and then this like soldier guy comes in and it's Swoops just the way that he feet. describes it. Yeah, exactly. And the way that he describes it is so like swoony. I don't know how to exp- and it's because he's been thinking for years about these these moments. So obviously he has he's all the details them figured in his out. Mind. Exactly. So I think that's why they're so beautiful to me, but it's interesting we hear about this um between Nick and Gatsby. We don't hear Gatsby and Daisy like recollecting these memories together at any point. Um so it's a little bit like less romantic, but kind of nice that he's like talking to his bro about like, his past <laughs> romance. Another um, one of my favorites uh, is when he, so after the whole fight, after the accident, um, when he stays up all night outside the Buchanan household to watch over Daisy to make oh sure that she is God. safe. I think that's just like Devin, a cool we're going to disagree like, on that one. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's a big moment in my eyes where I'm like, I see some potential in this guy and I want him to end up happy, whether that be with Daisy or to be like, to figure out what he actually wants. And I think that's, that's the moment where I'm like, okay, I see you. And I see that you're trying to be a gentleman and you want to respect her. Um, I think he has different motives at the time as well, but I think that is, that is a big moment in my eyes for him being uh, the great Gatsby. Um, No, a hundred percent. And like Nick, Nick has like he gets mad at him at first when he sees him outside but Mm -hmm. then he's like he kind of comes to that realization too like this guy's really here for her um but I find it creepy and we're gonna Ah. talk about that question (laughs) stalker versus lover later Mm -hmm. um but I just I find it kind of creepy that he's standing out there especially after all that's happened like just let it be dude it's another example of how he can't let things be oh but see Um, coming from a guy I feel like that's a romantic thing that a guy is trying to do (laughs) 
<laughs> well, this is why we have our two differing <laughs> perspectives on this thing. Um, <clears throat> we'll see what the readers have to say. Mm -hmm. um, but so moments that I don't really like. Um, I really don't like how Nick and Jordan seem to be involved in every awkward encounter. Like Gatsby and Daisy just <laughs> cannot be alone together. And this isn't a specific moment, but there are tons of moments where I'm like, why are Nick and Jordan involved? Why are to, they here? To be fair, like, that's also because Nick is the narrator. So he is. No, I understand so the necessary. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. See, they they like, are just, they are in so like, many so and jordan many is kind spots. of a bitch which i'll talk about my feelings about jordan later um <laughs> but like she doesn't help anything and neither really does nick they have these thoughts about it and they talk to each other but they never like help daisy or gatsby like friends and mm -hmm. it pissed me off um and then another thing that i really don't like i hate the scene where um she goes to the party at gatsby's where daisy goes and tom's there it gives me so much anxiety when like, oh, maybe she's over here talking to Gatsby. Is Tom going to find them? Like it's <laughs> it drives me crazy. It is. An and I just don't time. like it. It like adds these layers of anxiety that I think this book does an amazing job of making you feel anxious. Mm -hmm. And that's I agree. That's that. their whole relationship. Um, uh, one yeah. of my not so favorite moments um, with these two is when. Gatsby goes completely bonkers um, in the hotel room. I yes. just think I was going to say um, that one too. It's it you just see him fall apart, and it's hard it's hard to see how he loses himself for this girl. He loses himself in his mind. He loses his smooth, debonair, suave, gentlemanly demeanor, and um, like when she can't make a decision, he just is like, all right. You need to you need to you need to say it. You need to say that you love me. You need to say that you hate him. You just have to like get it out. And I just oh. it's just like a weird <sighs> He's just not very understanding in that moment. And that's what bugs me is that like this guy who's been cool the whole time loses his control and it's that moment that Daisy resigns herself back to Tom. Right. She says, No, I you can't. You really deal see with the this power end. struggle between Tom and um Jay during that moment. Oh, I hate it. It's disgusting. <laughs> um but Okay, moving on to a mm -hmm. good moment, one that I love and I think is hilarious, and the movie does a great job of uh, this scene too, is when Gatsby's nervous right before their first meeting at Nick's house. So when he's like sending over people See, to you the like lawn, that? and like, I love it. <laughs> I think it's cute as hell. And then like there's a little anxiety when he's not there, and then he comes up and he's mm -hmm. all like white it in the face or whatever. But I think it's so cute that he he puts all this detail into it. And he's like, he doesn't trust Nick to do it. And I think that that's so funny because he wants everything to be perfect. It is definitely um, like a perfect, awkward, giddy, crush, teenage moment for him. Um, yeah. He's almost like stuck in his like teenage self. Um, and I talk about this with the kids. We look at the scene specifically and we just are like, how does this characterize his obsession daisy like <laughs> he is stuck in this body and he cannot take himself out of it it is so interesting to see but that. but see like maybe as like a woman like if i were looking at it from daisy's perspective which i, I can't really do that because daisy kind of sucks but if i were looking <laughs> at it from her perspective i'd be like how flipping cute is this guy but if i was looking at the fact that he lived across the river or the pond, or whatever the hell it is, the sound. If he lived across the sound from me, that would creep me out. Mm. But what I would think is cute is if he was getting all nervous and like doing all this stuff for me. 
That is why I love that scene. But <laughs> we'll we'll agree to disagree. Then. All right. Deal. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Correct. So let's look at the movies. Um, do you, how do you like? What's your perspective on them? Do you think they portray it well? Is it a good portrayal? So take it away, Stephanie. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so the only movie I've seen is the new one. Same. Is the one with Leo in it. And for some reason, Leo just keeps coming up in these episodes. Um, but so I don't I can't really speak to the old episodes or the old sorry shows and movies. Oh, my God, I can't speak right now. Um, I can't really speak to them because I've never seen them. But this movie that Leo's in the 2000s one literally is line for line. I just reread Gatsby this week and I didn't realize how like close the two were the only thing i think is missing is at the end of the book when gatsby's dad shows up Mm -hmm. that's a huge part that the movie leaves out i don't know how much it means to gatsby and daisy's relationship but other than that like i literally feel as though there are lines stolen out of the book for this movie i don't know if you have a different i love the the narrating done by um nick in the movie because it literally does come straight from the text i think that is a cool um piece to have within the movie so because that's one of the big things that readers hate is that when hollywood destroys the book so i think they definitely did a good job at repurposing it giving it new life and sending it to the audience yeah they definitely modernized it well too with Mm -hmm. the music and everything i think it was just tastefully done as tasteful as you can make this story they capture the characters they capture the fashion the love the confusion that isn't within the within some of the scenes like they just are able to craft it so well um yeah so 100 no i think it does it does a great job and i think i think fitzgerald would probably agree but i don't know if people have a different opinion you let us know yeah absolutely. Um, so so this one actually gives me a lot of trouble so let's see what you have to say about it if gatsby never had to leave for war do you think their story would have worked out no i don't think so oh god no (laughs) (laughs) see it goes back to what i said before like as much as i would as much as i would like to say yes i don't think it would happen i think their relationship was built on a lie daisy assumed her suitor was well off and gatsby never really confronted her about it um so i don't think gatsby could have given daisy the life that she wanted either he was only able to become who he was the great gatsby three legal ways um, he yep. never, we never really get inside Daisy's head to see how she feels about Gatsby, um, whereas Gatsby's motivations are clearly laid out. Um, mm-hmm. But I still don't think she would have been truly happy in that situation either. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and so if I look at this question, like, I want to say yes. Because we were talking about like before yes. how... I just don't see right, it happening. Like, we root for them, but... You know, they wouldn't have changed in the ways that they did. So I want to say yes, because, you know, Daisy wouldn't have become obsessed with money, in my opinion. Um, And the reason that I believe this, I'm going to talk more about this later, is that I think Daisy had an actual change from being a woman who may have chosen, like, love over society to a woman who can't choose anything but society Mm -hmm. and i'll talk more about the specifics of that later but i do think that like it would have been different for them if he hadn't gone to war as far as gatsby he wouldn't have had any of his success so Mm -hmm. the other the on the uh, on the flip side of that 
Daisy seems like a flighty person in general, um, even if she didn't change. And I would worry that she would have gotten tired of Gatsby as, you know, this perfect gentleman. And I'm not sure he would have had a fortune and everything that he ended up having. So I think that would have, I think it would have ended up turning her off. But I'm not going to write this question out yet um, right. because there's a lot more that could have gone down. I, and I, and Daisy's name fits her perfectly. She is something that is so beautiful on the outside, and she's so talked about about her beauty and everything, um, mm-hmm. and her purest nature. But she's something that just like sways in the wind and can't make up a decision. Mm-hmm. And that is like the the conception of Daisy. So her name fits her perfectly. That's true. Yeah. No, that's that's actually awesome. I'd never thought of like. She's a daisy. Like, that's kind of like what she is. Mm-hmm. And she's a very flighty person in her nature, which is unfortunate because Gatsby is a very, like, he's a very sentimental and, mm-hmm. like, he, he just holds on to things in a way that she does not. Um, right. But, yeah, that's really interesting. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover there, Deb? No, but I'll go into the next question. Do it. Yeah. All right. So does Gatsby set Daisy up for failure? Do we hate Daisy for the wrong reasons? So I crafted this one. I'm like, I want to see what your thoughts are. Yes. A hundred percent. He does. Okay. So let me, let me get into this. Right. Um, In yes. In his mind, he sets her up for failure. Um, He way overcompensated in his mind for who she really was. There was actually stuff Gatsby could have done. I think if he accepted some of her little flaws and such Mm -hmm. that may have changed the future of their relationship. And if he said to himself, okay, well, Daisy, she did love Tom at one point, so I can accept that about her and move on. I think we may have seen a different ending if that were the case, but in Gatsby's mind, he, he pictured this porcelain doll that just kind of like did and felt whatever he wanted. So I do believe that, you know, if you place someone on that pedestal, you, you're going to find out very quickly that they're not a porcelain doll. And so something that I thought was interesting, and I don't know if you remember this scene from the book, um, but there's a scene where, so Gatsby is showing Daisy and Nick his house for the Mm -hmm. first time. And there are these moments where like, Nick comments on the fact that Gatsby maybe looks like disappointed in some of the responses that Daisy is giving because it's not what he would have thought she was going to right. say. So you even was, see it he, in there. He was first looking forward meeting. to this big like ah moment, but he's not getting that yes. ah moment. Yes. And that to me like makes makes it almost more clear that like Gatsby he sets her up for failure because in his head he's like, oh, well, I wish she would have done this or that. And mm-hmm. it's not perfect, so he can't fathom them being together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So my my response to this is like, I never thought about it at first. But now looking at it, like, because every time I reread the story, every time I reread it, I ended up feeling the same way for Daisy. Pure and utter hatred. And I think the readers are on the are probably if if you have a different opinion about Daisy, please share it with us because I would love I would love yes. to hear what your we thoughts are on Daisy because in my mind she's despicable. <laughs> Moving yes. on, she doesn't make up her mind. She doesn't want to no. accept her second chance. Uh, she doesn't Mm-mm. even have the guts, the courage to be present at Gatsby's funeral. That irks me oh, so much Devin. in my mind daisy oh my doesn't God. deserve gatsby or happiness at all 
Uh, no, she doesn't. But Gatsby really doesn't do great either. No, correct. So. <laughs> but I just don't like she doesn't deserve him. Um, and I think she deserves to be with Tom because they are the perf- they're perfect for each other in their own corrupt uh, box like way. Um, they're like little mafia couple that are mm-hmm. just like terrible people. And you're like, fine, go go over there and rot together. It's fine. But yeah, I never like question whether or not this hatred was misdirected gatsby Mm. like you said gatsby does set her up on a pedestal she has nowhere else to go but down um in his and the reader's eyes because we are going on this journey with him um like everyone daisy is human and fallible so she is able to make mistakes and because he Mm -hmm. sets her up on that on that pedestal like she makes several mistakes and we're like oh my gosh she did this she did this she did this she did this and she's falling down as we speak um she was never meant to live up to gatsby's projection of her and therefore um i think nick's hatred for her secretly sways the reader's depiction of daisy i kind of think so too and that's something we're going to talk about more later but it's just how does nick being the narrator change things Mm -hmm. because it does um and it changed the whole it changes the whole meaning of the text really absolutely um but yeah, moving on to the next question, which I think kind of complements the question we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> are Daisy's tears ones of guilt, regret, or both? You know, when she's talking about the beautiful shirts and she cries. Um, I wonder, like, why she's crying. Do you think that those tears are real? Do you think that they're of guilt, regret? What do you think? I think they're both. Um, I think it is at this moment, dancing through, dancing amongst these shirts, that she realizes she realizes that she is missing out, like what she is missing out on. I think she's excited, thrilled over being with Gatsby. Um, there's not a care in the world, no thoughts of Tom or her daughter. Um, she regrets not waiting for him. But even more, yeah. I think in her mind right now, she's thinking that she might have been able to be with him if she had the strength to walk away from her marriage with Tom. Yeah, um, strength is a is a very key point mm-hmm. to these characters. Do they have it or not? Right. And I also think in she, Daisy's case, I no. also think she's guilt. She feels the guilt of, um, but not even for the obvious reason of being here with Gatsby and not with Tom and her daughter. It's not that kind of guilt. It's more of in the sense that she realizes that this was all for her she feels guilty that the parties the wealth the house the clothing um that gatsby has obtained over the past couple years has all been for her and just like overwhelming how much it's flooding her system and she just gets a sense of guilt for everything sure you know Devin, i'm gonna disagree on that part (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry to throw you off i i do not think daisy understands guilt I do not think this girl has enough like depth to feel guilt for things. I it's possible, but it's possible that she does. But I think it would be an overreading of the text. We don't really get any moment where she says, oh, my gosh, I should be with Gatsby because this and this. And I mean, granted, we don't get a lot of those sort of thoughts from people other than Nick. But I don't get the feeling that she cares too much. Um, for anyone but herself, even if she really wants to. The way that she talks about her daughter, the way she talks about Tom, the way she talks about Gatsby, like in the end, just like 
it doesn't seem like someone who would feel guilty. But I do think that in this moment, she's crying for regret. I think that she sees the life she could have had. And that's why I think Fitzgerald puts it in a moment where she's looking at shirts, because you finally understand Daisy's depth only goes as far (laughs) as understanding (laughs) physically shirts, but mentally and like emotionally, it goes as far as understanding this is what I could have had, not this is what, you know, I feel bad that I led him on or I feel okay. bad that I didn't wait. I like, I just don't see it. But yeah. Okay. Sorry about all that. No, no, I think <laughs> it's, it's a very, you were definitely, you, you, you held strong and I, I could see your side. As yes. Well. Absolutely. Yes. Cool. All right. Next question. All right. Is Gatsby more as Gatsby? <laughs> Gatsby. We have Gabby. We yeah. have Gatsby. <laughs> is Gatsby more in love with Daisy or what Daisy stands for? Good question. So we kind of touched on this mm-hmm. a little before. I think Gatsby was once in love with Daisy. Um, there but was I a think moment like in we time. mentioned there was a moment in time, but I think as we mentioned, he overinflated her in his mind. Yes. And that's more Sadly. of how like how he remembers her as. Um, and there's a moment when he shows her and Nick around his house. And we talked about this later. When Nick comments that he thinks like Gatsby is ever so slightly showing signs of disappointment in her responses to things. So I really do think he put her on a pedestal and he he slowly sort of realizes that she wasn't the angel he remembered. Um, So definitely what Daisy stands for and not like in the fact that she stands for a wealthy money loving person in the fact that she stands for someone in his past that he was in love with. I 100% agree with you. Um, I think it's hands down that he is more in love with what Daisy stands for. Um, The flashback in chapter eight takes us right to the core of the issue. He falls in love with Daisy's lavish life, the house that she has, um, the curtains on the, on the, over the windows. Like she, he is in love with the perfect life that, um, he admires the grandeur of the house. It takes his breath away. And the fact that others desire her only intensifies his desire to have her in this dream. Um, so let me That's look at the point. particular line that I'm looking at here. So it reads, It excited him too that many men had already loved Daisy. It increased her value in his eyes. So like he was like, oh, you guys like her? I like her too. <laughs> And I didn't notice that, like, I didn't notice that when my first read-through, I didn't see how he was, like, only envisioning what he wants, like, what he wanted, what he could have with her. He, like, right. he wasn't looking at the person. He was looking at everything that, like, the the baggage that is sometimes seen as a bad thing. Here he's like, oh, my gosh, look at this kind of baggage that she brings with her. I'm so down <laughs> for it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in. Oh, my gosh. I can't. But I think you're kind of right. I'm now rethinking because I originally just thought maybe he was he was wanting this girl of his past. But I think even then there was some yearning for um, who she was Mm -hmm. as a high class person. So moving on to our eighth question, we only know Gatsby and Daisy's relationship from the lens of Nick's perspective. Mm. And we brought this up a lot, but I want to talk more in depth about it. Specifically about it. Is it possible? Yeah, exactly. Is it possible that there is embellishment? Is the story really about their love or is it about Nick's mental health and the reasons that he got there and the people's problems in general? Where do you think this story lies? So I tackled pieces of this question 
Um, but I would love to hear your response later. So let me just, yeah, because it's such a heavy question. Um, Sorry. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> I put it together it's great. And I was like, it needs to happen. It's awesome. So the question is, do you find him reliable? For me, yes. I think um, he jumps around throughout the story, but he provides a clear analysis of the meat of the story. Um, however, that does not mean that I can rely solely on his viewpoint um, because it is it is biased um, because we all know that Nick is a judgy one. He tells us straight off the bat, like, don't judge me. And we're like, we're going to judge you anyways. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> um, so he also tells the story um, retrospectively. Um, so he has had some time to distance his thoughts and body from the scene of what's going on, mm -hmm. um, which explains the time jumps as well. Um, he wants to focus on the essential parts, parts and not just give us um, a word for word analysis of the past, how many months he's been with Gatsby. Um, right. I don't think it is a commentary on Gatsby's love, but on Gatsby himself. I mean, after all, the text is called The Great Gatsby. So it's not yep. like The Great Gatsby and Daisy. It's The Great Gatsby. Um, so I think yep. his mission is to honor a man who ended up having no one to explain why he deserves mm -hmm. to be remembered, but also commemorate um, on the cruelty or not commemorate commentate on the cruelty of the world and the people within it so I, I i i don't necessarily like nick but i can see him as a reliable narrator in that sense of giving us a story as it plays out um there are some wishy-washy moments that readers i'm sure will point out um where oh, I don't remember what happened because I was drinking or I wasn't really paying attention to this yeah. over here because like, I was Nick, like mentally... It's like, you know what you are doing. Right. So. <laughs> you know. Don't lie to us. <laughs> uh, like, there are those moments where I'm like, yeah, okay, Nick. But um, I think overall, with the analysis of the text as a whole, I can see how Nick um, gives us piece by piece what we're looking for. So... So often I used to think of this tale as the story of Gatsby and Daisy. And I think that's what a lot of people mm -hmm. take it as is this story of this love between this great guy and this girl and they don't end up together and blah, blah, blah. But in a way I have completely 180 on this. It is obviously not a tale that is solely focused on the love of two people mm -hmm. or the unlove of two people. I think because it comes from Nick's perspective, we can assume that Fitzgerald really, he wanted it to come from Nick's perspective, which I know is like a lame way to analyze literature, but it is important to, to understand that this didn't come from it didn't, Gatsby's perspective. It didn't come from Jordan or it didn't come from Tom. It came Nobody. from some it came from outsider. Nick. Right. And in the end, which I think it, it's only in the movie that they do this. I'm not sure if it's also in the book. But they, they put it in the perspective of him at therapy talking about all this stuff. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's a great way to frame it because we, what we see of Nick throughout the whole story is his analysis of society as a whole mm -hmm. based on these people and like the crappy stuff that happened around him. Um, now, I think that their relationship, Gatsby and Daisy's relationship, has a huge part and a huge impact on him. And it's a huge part of what happened mm -hmm. to him. Um, it kind of made him and the readers understand a lot about the people around them at the time. But overall, I like to now characterize this story as a story about Nick and all the problems of the world that he saw. Now, 
obviously we have a, we're doing a podcast right now about Gatsby and Daisy. So there are things that we can draw from them. And I think their relationship in general isn't just a symbol. I think it's also something that can be talked about and analyzed. But as far as the purpose of the story, I think it comes more, it's more of a story about society as a whole. And these relationships do a good job. So of, true explaining that does that make sense he spends a lot of time making sure that the reader knows um social standards social classes yep. um there's east egg there's west egg there's um the valley of ashes like he spends so much time making sure that do you get it are you getting that i'm talking about society right. like um it's right. not just this love story it is a lot more in depth and evolved there and yeah. that is something that i didn't realize when i first read it in high school i was like this could have been a short story why is this a yep. novel and i walked away from the book not necessarily like caring about why i read it because i thought it could be i thought it could have been something more if it was at a smaller scale but now looking back yep. on it i have such more appreciation for the text as a whole right me too. Me too. Reading it again has been like eye opening that Fitzgerald like really saw something about the world around him and was able to put it into a story form rather than just write like a philosophical mm -hmm. treatise on what he was seeing. He he was able to depict the people he saw around them around him. And that's what Nick also did. And I think that's sort of a way for Fitzgerald to almost be in the story. Like he, maybe he was Nick. Maybe this is what he sees. Mm -hmm. Um that's sort of where I come from on it. But moving forward past the the talking about Nick, because we could do it forever, but we know what we're here for. <laughs> um, the, so if you want to move on to the next question. Absolutely. So our next question um, is a repeat one from our last episode. Yes. So <laughs> but important. <laughs> it is because it, it it's the same about it's the same line that both characters are like dancing across. So yeah, Gatsby stalker. Or romancer? I love that you asked this question both times <laughs> because it's such, like, it seems like a basic question, but it really helps you to understand what's healthy and what's not about this relationship. Um, for my answer, I don't find Gatsby to be a particularly romantic fellow at any point. Like, there are people <laughs> who probably agree with me. I think he tries way too hard. And there are moments where it's cute, like we talked about before, mm -hmm. but there are also moments where it's like, ew. Eh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so in that way, I'm not sure he has real feelings. Um, mm. It's hard to explain, but he feels like a very makeshift character, all patched up. Like there are different parts of him that he created and sewed on. And I just, I don't feel like love can be real from him because he doesn't know who he is and he doesn't love himself and th there's nothing really there. Um, I think I feel sadly, and you may disagree, um, but I feel sadly more that he's a stalker. He literally moved across the lake from this girl, for goodness sake. He yeah. spent like millions of dollars trying to just maybe <laughs> get her to his place. That is creepy as hell. It is. And I was actually going to bring up here, but it's one of your favorite parts at the end when he's standing there. <laughs> It's like, don't you know when your time is up, bud? Like, no. leave. Um, and it kind of shows that he doesn't have any love for himself. If he doesn't get out, like, honestly, this isn't like a very moral way to do it. But he should either have turned himself in or he should have ran and escaped. But he didn't. He stayed there because he still had hope in Daisy. And I find that to be putting less value in yourself and more value 
in someone else. He doesn't love himself. But that that's my that's my take on it. What do you think? Okay, Matt? so I think it might surprise you, but I kind of almost agree with you. Just not in certain parts because uh, okay. I think that part is romantic. I don't care about you. Um, <laughs> I stand by <laughs> So I get how Gatsby is romantic. I can see how he could be romantic. He's charming. He's smooth. He's suave. I get how he could potentially pick up any girl who came to the audience can't see that I rolled my eyes when you (laughs) said that, (laughs) but I did. He could pick up any girl that came to one of his parties and yet he doesn't. He He waits. He yearns for a married woman, someone who has someone who has moved on, someone who may or may not have stray thoughts about him. Who knows? Someone who because we don't get the perspective of of Daisy throughout the entirety of the text. That's Um, true. Someone who leaves his cold, dying body in New York as she flees to a new future. Um, Oh, Devin, I cannot stand it. Their first reuniting is a sign of his obsessive and stocky nature. Um, He asks Nick to invite her. But all the while, um, while he is waiting, he is freaking out and almost chickens out and escapes out the back door. He also yep. has to flaunt his wealth by buying out an entire florist shop to display um, in Nick's sitting room. I still think it's cute. <laughs> I don't. I, I think that's just like a weird, like, control obsessive <laughs> nature that he's just like. It is, though. Um, and like you said before, like, he lives across the water from her. It's a fine line, one I think that he tips his back and forth from. Um, uh, Gatsby is much more intensely invested in the relationship, hands down. Um, We see see this um, when they first meet. After that awkward introduction, Mm -hmm. Gatsby is more radiant, he is more expressive, he is more energetic. While, um, on the other hand, Daisy acts more like she is talking to one of her long-lost friends like just like someone yeah. she hasn't seen in a while so she's leisurely like one of her lovers yeah yeah um whereas Gatsby's so factually with her so involved in the conversation so excited so yeah. um thrilled to be with her where she's just like oh hi how are you and so it's just like right I see how he has just constructed an obsessive um stalker like uh persona yeah, and that's why I love I love that you asked that question because <laughs> how funny is it that our first two couples are just weird ass stalkers? <laughs> we have to get a good couple. <laughs> we really do, and I think I think the next one, which we will announce yes. later, is going to be yes, one. Very much so. Okay, next question. Now this one makes me burning angry, so I am excited to hear what you have to say about it too. Is Daisy selfish or not? What do you think? Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Daisy wants what is best for Daisy. If that means yep. walking the tightrope between Tom and Jay, then so be it. Um, yeah. Not for one moment does she think about her daughter and how the choices nope. she is making will impact her. Um, wait a minute. Hold on. What's her name again? What's her daughter's name? The daughter? Yeah. It's like Pam. It is Pammy. Oh, right. Yeah. That one time she's mentioned in the entire story, her lip... Her limited appearances and few name drops um, and the impression on the events in the story emphasize how little Daisy cares about her daughter. Um, She outright hopes that her daughter will become just like her. She'll become this stupid, dumb blonde that just helplessly will be stuck in her own little social status world, accepting the money that comes her way, accepting the husband that 
will go off and be with whoever mm. he wants to be. Like, to be that beautiful little fool that she always yep. dreamed of. Oh, my it gosh. It pains me. And that's... It pains me, too. And that's why this question pisses me off, because it's not even a question at this point. It's just a statement. A hundred percent, she's selfish. She grew... You know, I think she grew into it um, because because of the world around her. I don't think she was born a selfish person and I here's kind of like why i really do Me too. but i'm also like daisy i hate you <laughs> but so i i think it was it's the world she was adopted into this it's story the, is a commentary over nature kind of thing like yes yes and it's it's a commentary on society as a whole mm-hmm. at the time so when the the scene that really proves this to me is when she's about to marry tom and we see her conflicted crying ruining these pearls about whether or not she's going to give herself to love or whether she's going to give herself to money and ultimately she chooses money right so but she doesn't do that before actually crying and breaking these pearls, which is a symbol to me of her struggle. She's trying to fight societal norms, but she loses in the end. Um, and, and she loses that fight and she, she succumbs to her own selfishness, which is the point I think Fitzgerald is trying to make, um, is ultimately that she is selfish, but I don't think it comes from her innate nature. I think it comes from the nature of the world around her and she ends up losing the fight moving on is there any couple is there any couple in the great gatsby that has true love stephanie (laughs) this is a great question we're moving from gatsby daisy focus to a focus on all the couples because i think we would do an injustice to the story if we didn't focus on all the weird relationships true um I feel like all of the relationships are one-sided in some way. Someone has more feelings than someone else or someone's being gypped by someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like no one is real enough or loves themselves enough to have a proper relationship. Um, The only true love that I feel or that is somewhat real is the love between Nick and Gatsby. (laughs) There are moments, and I don't mean like all these two get together, but the two of them and the way Nick writes this tale, even if they have their moments, the way Nick writes this tale, I think they're the only two that have something genuine. They connected with each other so well. And this is his like almost goodbye letter to Gatsby. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. Do you have any thoughts and feelings about any of the specifics maybe of the, the couples or anything Yeah, like that? so I'll kind of like, and we'll, we can go back and forth, but I'll look at each couple specifically and we'll kind of like analyze like what are some things yeah. that we are fans of or whatnot. So first one, mm-hmm. Tom and Daisy Buchanan. Um, so Nick what? first introduces this couple as the ultimate power couple and he uses the term they with them. Um, it's singular. It's powerful. It is. Um, he describes them as this um, restless, rich, wealthy gr- uh, pair that will wander the countryside, um, jumping from place to place, just spending their money, getting out with friends, and that kind of thing. Um, however, I can't stand. It. I know. Me neither. Um, however, so Tom and Daisy's honeymoon phase wears off too fast. They get married, and the responsibilities of a marriage and a child. And knowing of Tom's multiple affairs eats away at Daisy, and she just becomes, like, Uh. stuck in this, like, isolated dungeon of herself. Um, I will have to say that I do think they both 
deep down still have feelings for each other. I think it yep. is in their past, they're in that honeymoon phase where they create these memories that they go back to. Um, yep. They find this kind of soulless within each other, even though they are they are opposites in some manner. I think it is because of that unity um, with those memories, with that happy moment, those happy moments in their marriage that they are able to take all the craziness, the the cheating, the lying and everything and kind of put that aside and go back to their happy place of their marriage. So, yeah, I think they they're in love, but in a really unhealthy and evil sort of right. way. Yes, that's the best way that I could think to put it, because the two of them are obsessed with each other more than anything, and they cannot move forward from each other. Um, and it's gross, <laughs> but it's the way it is. <laughs> the next married couple we'll go into is George and Myrtle. Poor yep. George. <laughs> My God, the only... Okay, but like at the end, he has a... I understand. Season, but man. But I feel bad for the guy. Um, he does everything he can for this woman. <laughs> so George... George is literally coated... When we first see him, he is coated in dust. Um, and it's like a dust of not only the Valley of Ashes, but also like a dust of despair. That he is just like, I don't feel comfortable... Like, uh, I don't feel worthy of... Um, being in this relationship and I, I can't live up to what I wish I could do for um, my wife. Um, thus, um, he's in like this hopeless and depression and bleak place. While Myrtle, when Nick describes Myrtle, we get this alluring and full of beauty and sexuality kind of woman. And she comes down this, she comes down the stairs and she's like, get us some chairs. And like, she orders him around and, um, then she gets her boob ripped yeah. off, which just is the perfect ending she, for, she walks, for her. She asks for chairs, then she walks right by him and is and goes directly, I know, goes even directly look at to him. Tom to to have this their conversation. I'm just like, you don't deserve anything. Um, nope. <laughs> he does everything he can to make Myrtle happy, and yet he's not able he to fulfill her happiness. Um, one thing that gets me is when they are having that fight that fight scene that um, they overhear in the garage. Um, you hear Myrtle saying like, hit me, hit me. Like, because she got hit from Tom, she want like, she actually wants to feel something for, from him. From him. Yeah. And he's not able to give it to her in that man. Like, it's just such a weird concept. Um, it's weird. But instead of being this, united front going against the world trying to live them make a better lives for themselves they each try and they they pull up pull apart in this struggle for dominance within their marriage and it destroys and there's this thing there's this this moment that says basically that he didn't have enough emotion to give her whether or not it be good or bad emotion he just he didn't have it in him because he was such and i don't want i don't say simple in a negative way i mean he's such a simple character that just like just is Mm -hmm. And, and that's how society maybe should have been. I don't know. But I think that's that's kind of what she's trying to get from him when she's like, hit me. She's like, give me emotion, whether it be bad or good. Mm-hmm. And he's just incapable of giving it to right. her, you know. But then he ultimately shows all of his emotion in the death of Gatsby. So oh, yes. It's crazy. His emotion just <laughs> But that's a whole, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> The next couple we'll be looking at is our first uh, affair. We already talked about Daisy and Gatsby. Well, now we're going to look at Tom and Myrtle. Um, 
so Myrtle sees this affair as a romantic. Uh, she's all she's all about it, and she and it, she sees it as her ticket out of her marriage. While Tom, on the other hand, sees it as just another fling, one of his yep. many girls that he just has lying around. Um, and what what I find so interesting is that in chapter two, Myrtle tells Nick how they met, um, how she met Tom. Um, and it's she tells it like it's almost the opening of a rom-com um where in yeah. reality it's actually kind of creepy uh tom sees an attractive woman and he's like i'm gonna see if i can get her so he presses himself up against her and just to see if she's interested and she's like yeah uh, okay tom. i'm done with that no subtlety <laughs> no. there my friend <laughs> Um, so we learn here that control is incredibly important to Tom, the control of his wife, the control of his mistress, the control of society. Um, and Myrtle is just another pawn in that control. Um, the two of them are weird. Mm -hmm. They're just weird. Like, but I don't know if I agree that he just sees it as another one of his girls because when she dies, he is visibly upset. And he he does show the other thing that he kind of has feelings for her. Oh, because he he answers the phone for her and he keeps going back to her. Otherwise, he would just like tell her to leave him alone and find a new girl. And he just continues it. My my vision of that is that he wants to hold her on a leash. So he will do anything that he he will do anything that he can to make her happy. And that way he gets what he wants out of the relationship. For example, like when he buys the puppy for her, he's like, oh, it's $2, sure, here. And the guy's like, it's a yeah. it's a boy. He's like, no, I know it's a girl. I don't, like, you're lying to it's me. Okay. You're lying to me, <laughs> but I don't care. Here's the $2, give her the puppy. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So I think, I think he's just, and she sees it as like, oh, he's spoiling me. We're in his mind. He's like, I don't care. It's just money. I have it lying around. Um, I just right. want to make her happy so That's that I true. can get what I want out of the relationship. That's also um, true. And I definitely. see, and I see their relationship almost as like a foil for Daisy and Gatsby. We have Tom, Tom who um, doesn't necessarily have the same feelings for Myrtle, similar to how Daisy doesn't have the same feelings for um, Gatsby. And Gatsby and Myrtle are both this um, almost obsessive nature of being in these relationships to kind of escape their past selves. Right. So lastly we're going to look into nick and jordan oh uh, so i know you okay have some, i've done that sound thoughts. for everyone <laughs> um nick and jordan like i i just don't really like jordan i think that she ultimately is just a person that does not do any good for anyone um she just kind of is and just kind of exists and like nick, i know she has a purpose in the story but i also am just like she could have been written out Yes, absolutely. The story could have gone on without her. And there are points where Nick is like, I could have loved her in that moment. And I ended up walking away. But I just don't feel any real feelings Mm -hmm. between them. There's no visible affection or anything. I think it's just a matter of this is the girl that was placed next to Nick while he was like confused about everything else. So he just kind of was like, oh, okay, I could have loved her. Um, I just don't feel any real love from them at all. See, I don't... I don't get a, their love, their love story, quote unquote, at all, um, or their relationship at all, because Nick doesn't necessarily show an attraction for her. He just senses her. He doesn't 
and it's different than uh, what Tom and Gatsby see. Um, it's not about her money. It's not about her attractiveness. It's not about um, her beauty. It's more in how she holds herself, her posture and her coolness, which is essentially what he ends up hating about her in the end. Mm -hmm. um, Nick is so caught up in the Gatsby and Daisy story that he doesn't necessarily give the readers a full sense of his relationship with Jordan. Um, so like, like I said, what he first falls in love with about her, he ends up hating. Jordan's casual attitude mm -hmm. is indicative of everything Nick hates about the rich. Um, mm -hmm. So their relationship ultimately ends on mutual terms. They're both like, I don't think this is going anywhere. And Jordan, yep. Jordan even calls Nick out for being judgmental and dishonest. He's like, you, yes. she's like, you, I don't, I, you portray yourself as this and I don't see it. I'm sorry. The two of them are so freaking annoying, but either way, they're not really important to me. At least they're not an important couple right. to comment on yeah. other than they just aren't really great together. <laughs> um, but so our next question do you think Tom and Daisy's marriage will be better off after the events of the novel? No, I don't see how it could. I, I just don't see how it feasibly could be possible. Um, mm -hmm. While they both prove they still have some form of feelings for each other, I don't think those feelings got stronger throughout the course of the book or will continue nope. thereafter. Uh, at the end of the day, Tom will still want control over Daisy and whatever unlucky soul he finds um, like the next person he finds to fulfill his urges yeah. um and daisy will still neglect her child and her marriage because she's not it's not the life that she wanted it's just not what she saw for herself mm -hmm. um yeah their relationship it's gone through the ringer but i wouldn't call it better off like i think they're just gonna stay stagnant and horrible forever but they're going to stay together mm -hmm. that's the real it's thing so we know weird. that they're gonna stay together it is weird. It's, I don't like it's it. It's almost like a mentally abusive relationship for both of them. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I do think this would be an interesting, like, sequel thought process, oh, yeah. however. Like, if what if Gatsby did have a positive impact on Tom and Daisy's marriage? Like, what if they leave to not just get away from the murder, but also from the past? Move on, make their, large, their marriage and family stronger. Because um, after all, that is, like, a major theme of the text after all, like overcoming your past and moving forward from this. So I think it would be a cool, interesting um, take on what would happen to the story afterwards. It would be neat, but it it's, wouldn't. It's happen. not necessary. No, I don't, I, I don't think like, I don't, I, I don't want somebody, please. If you're listening, do oh, not no, come up no. with a story. <laughs> please Keep don't. it on the fandom page, wherever <laughs> no, it's I just at. mean, I mean, based on their characters, I don't think it would happen because neither one of them is strong enough to let go of, the other person but neither one is strong enough to take any moral lesson from anything and change um and they're so bound by society they have this like strange infatuation with money mm -hmm. and just being terrible and i don't think i don't think they would change but it would be interesting to see if it yeah, did change i also think i would anything i, I will say that i am surprised that um out of all the couples in the text this is the one that stays together like right. I am just, I am just so surprised. Um, like, but it's a commentary uh -huh. on society. Neither, like, neither everything. Myrtle's <laughs> infatuation with Tom or Gatsby's deep longing for Daisy, um, like no wedge can prevent this couple from being together. Um, the lying, the cheating, the murdering, like they still end as they. 
began in a united front. And I just think that is yep. a, like so. Which is literally gross. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a commentary, yep. like we said. My next question for you. Do you think it's true that class is an insurmountable barrier? I don't think it's insurmountable. Um, it's what we all hope is possible, right? You know, that the underdog and the rich girl will get together. And I've seen it done in our modern society mm -hmm. where two people come together who grew up completely differently. But I think when it comes to the 20s and when it comes to the past, I think class held a lot more weight than it does yes. now, which is I very agree. sad. I, I, I do, um, I do it, agree with you there. It is sad. It did. And it ended up it ended up in a lot of fractured relationships, untrue love and et cetera. However, I kind of understand it because society placed really unfair burdens and restrictions on love back then. So people just acted accordingly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the fact that men really owned most of the property and that uh, women really couldn't marry outside of their class. It would be looked down upon. All of that, people acted accordingly because they had to to survive. So as disappointing as it is, I think that that's really... That's really what I think about it. It's not insurmountable, but it was even harder in the past than it is now. I, I don't think I don't think it's insurmountable, but I do think it is a difficult barrier to breach. Um, yes. For some couples, that is. But like, I think it depends on the partner and the mindset and vision they have for their life. Um, can they leave their upper class living for love? Are they too greedy to make necessary sacrifices? Instead of thinking about what they might be losing from this relationship, they should be instead thinking about like what are they gaining from it instead um, in order to make that transition from one to the next. But yeah, okay, so what is Fitzgerald's overall message with these relationships? Now, we could go on forever with this, <laughs> but I want to hear concisely, what do you think, Devin? So I think he has two motives for his readers number one i think it's to showcase the mindset of america in the roaring 20s and in our yep. lives even today not only um were we in this celebratory state of mind with our money and fashion but in our relationships as well um, we constantly even today we constantly seek love where we can't find it um and we will suffer That's we true. will suffer through what we think is love just for the small satisfaction received from it like we'll put mm -hmm. ourselves through that struggle um, so I think that is one thing. He wants to showcase the classes, as we mentioned before, the class, the mindset of America during this time. But number two, I think yep. he also wants to show his readers um, that, like, don't fall for these kinds of loves. Don't fall for the fake form of love. Don't fa fall for the, I uh, the idolized love. Don't fall for regretful love where you feel like you are stuck somewhere mm -hmm. and you regret not making a decision. Don't fall for the control-seeking love. Um, don't fall for the abuse of relationships. Like, um, right. if you see it, get yourself out. Like, he's, I think he's like a commentary, um, a warning in a sense of like, these are some relationships that are out there and be careful of them. Like, here are some examples. Mm -hmm. Like, if you feel that this is you, get out. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And so I think he's commenting, commenting, <laughs> he's commenting on the societal pressure to marry for money especially in this time period and the societal pressure for anything really he's commenting on societal pressure basically um nothing any of these people ever do is ever real or serious i don't know if you got this from the book too but 
basically it all feels fake, confused, mm-hmm. too fast, and it also feels too shallow and too deep at the same time. Pretty much every moment that they have together is just crazy, and they have all these expectations of one another and all these layers that they can't just get down to real business. And things are not brought up properly and things are not fixed properly. They just kind of continue on. And this is why I think he ends with the quote that he ends with. You know, we continue on boats against the current, which is people fighting against society, but they never win. You know, the boat will never beat the water. Yes. It just continues on. And it, it's really, truly very sad. I think it's great that you brought that, um, that up because that is that that last page is filled with so much. I think it's so important that we bring that up. Um and address that because like like you said like it's you're beating against the water you're not being able to um, achieve that and that's what society does to us you know we're boats that are trying to to make like a meaningful like life or whatever but we have to keep fighting against these stigmas and all of this this crap from society that we can never we can never truly push past which is ultimately what happened with everyone in this story. Mm-hmm. They they ended up falling into society because it was too much for them to have to fight to be real, um, which is crazy. And now we get to our last question. Um, and I think it's important to end on this question uh, specifically because of the power that this, the thematic um, nature that this question holds. Um, so mm-hmm. can you repeat the past? This is a great question. And I love that this for the second time, we're ending with a philosophical, Mm -hmm. like overall question. I think we should keep this up. Um, But yes, so I I think you can repeat the past, but I think it's forced and it doesn't have good outcomes. Mm, I think you hear this all the time when you say things like history repeating itself. Um, And we don't want that to happen, right? Most of the time we don't want history to repeat itself. Humans move and change, and that's part of who we are as humans. Um, So as time moves and changes, we need to progress with it. Otherwise, we explode, which you kind of see when Gatsby was stuck in the past and everything else was moving. It's very evident. He couldn't move with it. Yeah, and so that's abundantly clear throughout Gatsby and through literally any historical development or text. So I think, yes, you can repeat the past, but you're going to be stuck and you're going to be disappointed and you're going to be upset. Just sort of like... Daisy and Tom are constantly repeating the past, right? And they're stuck in this terrible loop. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts about it is that, yes, you can, but it's just not very it's not very good for you or good for life or good for anyone. True. Um, but yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, so as you know, I am someone who loves to revisit the past, someone who wishes certain mm-hmm. things would have gone differently. I see myself when I read Gatsby. I see I put myself into Gatsby's yep. shoes in a way. Um, can history repeat itself? Absolutely. Um, and I firmly believe in second chances. I know for a fact that we are given chances in life to redo or repair ourselves or the relationship that we are in. Does that wipe away what was before? Absolutely not. No. Nope. Um, but you can move forward as a new and hopefully better person. So I think that concept, like, no, you can't go back and pass and change it but you can move forward and take the second chances that you are given and make something out of them i love it cool so i think that we're both on the same page when it comes to this one that yes you can but maybe it's not always the best because things have happened since and you have to acknowledge that um but yeah so do you want to introduce our next section Devin? Okay, so now we are going to move to one of my favorite parts of our segment. Um, We're going to take some comments from our readers. 
Yeah, so we got a lot of comments on these two. Obviously, they really spark a lot of debate in the lit world. So let's get right to it. And we would love to engage more with you um, in our upcoming topics. So if you have a particular couple you think is important or you want to comment on, please email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. That's weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or find us on social media, or um, if you're on the Anchor app, leave us one of those voice messages, and we'll be happy to even add it in or respond to Heck it yeah. in our um, statement. Yeah. And that's what reading's all about. That's what literature is all about. And just like all of these different like movies, TV, it's for people to engage. So we want to hear from you guys, even if you're like super angry about a couple that we love or you love a couple that we don't tend to ship. We want to hear from you. Um, so with that, um, one of our first comments comes from Dominic. Thank you, Dominic, for reaching out. Um, so he says, So my family convened over the course of dinner as we decided that the best word to describe the relationship between Gatsby and Daisy is idolatry. Here's why. An idol is something that is elevated to a greater value than it is due. Therefore, the thing which is idolized is portrayed in a way that is not reflective of reality. Gatsby does this to Daisy in that he views her as some kind of feminine romantic archetype, which 100% Love where you're going with this. Um, But so he exhibits in the form of an idolater the kind of piety towards her, which turns out to be very misplaced, as it is not based on the reality of who Daisy really is, such as she's shallow, she doesn't reciprocate his affection, etc. No, Gatsby is in love with the ideal of Daisy, which begs the question, therefore, does he actually even love her? I would say that he doesn't. Thus, while Gatsby's devotion to Daisy is admirable, planning parties for years and years, hoping just to see her again. His affection is not rooted in reality, but rather idolatry. We therefore have concluded that their relationship is not a good one, famous though it might be. Thank you, Dominic. (laughs) I love this. I really do. And like, I 100% agree. It's idolatry. We were talking about this before, about how Gatsby puts her up on this pedestal and doesn't really love her for who she is. And I, the second thing I'll say is I love that your family convened to talk about this, like props to your family for being like on point with, with talking about important principles, but that's all I'll say on that. (laughs) No. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that's amazing. And our next comment we chose comes from Sandy and it reads, so I've never considered Daisy and Gatsby to be the central relationship of the book. I've always thought the crux of the story was more about Nick's fascination or infatuation with Jay. But when I yes. think about Daisy and Gatsby, I think they're probably one of the worst couples and never would slash should have been together. <laughs> <laughs> I think about them when they first met and consider what would have happened if Gatsby hadn't shipped off to war. If that hadn't happened, we actually asked this question. We it's did. Cool. Go Sandy. If, it, if that hadn't <laughs> happened, would their budding romance have bloomed into anything other than a fling? I don't think so. I don't think Daisy was ever prepared to make the sacrifices she would have needed to make for him. I think he was elation for her, something exotic and fun, which was definitely appealing to her. But I think in the long run, her status in society was most important to her. She had been raised with a certain conception of herself and her position. I don't think she would have had the guts to give that up. Oh, she would have liked to, but I don't think she ever would have gone through with it. I don't think Daisy was held back by money like Gatsby thought. I think it was more about status and position that she felt trapped and maybe even comforted by. 
And Gatsby couldn't see that. He couldn't see that it was only money. He needed to fit it into her world. By nature of his birth, he was never going to fit in, no matter how much money he had, which is kind of what Nick comes to in the end. That Gatsby was just a different kind of person than Tom and Daisy. They were careless due to their expenses and worldview. And he was an idealist due to his. There's no room for idealism in the upper echelons of old money. Idealism implies something about hope of upward progress. That very upward progress was a threat to the Buchanan's world, which I think Daisy understood. Daisy and Gatsby just didn't understand each other's worlds, which wasn't necessary for a summer fling. But Gatsby's misunderstanding and idealism prevented him from being able to see that reality. And that is ultimately his fatal flaw that results in his demise. These are, of course, only my opinions. I've taught the book a dozen times, but I'm no scholar on it. I've never really wrote about this before, so it was kind of fun to discover my thoughts. And I think that is, so that's where it ends. I think that's like the epitome of what we want for you guys. I think we want you to just like take a couple and be like, what are my thoughts on this? Just like dissect it. Because we don't give ourselves, we don't give ourselves the time to really think about these things. So I think it's cool if you take a moment and just do like a free write and then send it into us and, and right. we'll be happy that to. That would be great. Yeah. Send it into our email at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com because um, so often, you know, in our English classes, we don't have as, as much time as we'd like to go into some of the details. And I think that we focus on those main symbols and themes and too often, I think the couples and, and strategically thinking about them is left out of it. So that's kind of why we're having fun with this. It's a whole new way to look at the text um but yeah so that those were my thoughts thank you so much sandy for sending that Mm -hmm. in okay so we actually have one more comment that i really loved that actually just came in in the nick of time while we were recording um so i'm going to be reading this and this is from adrian so Usually, the most passionate and dramatic love stories end in tragedy and the great gatsby is no exception Despite the ending, I fell in love with the story not only for the opportunity to be transported into the glitz and glamour of the 1920s and picturing myself in a flapper dress dancing with champagne in hand at Gatsby's mansion, but for Gatsby's constant love for Daisy. It might be creepy and a bit insane now, thinking of all the extreme measures Gatsby took to be with Daisy, (laughs) becoming rich, buying a mansion, you know, across a lake from her, throwing extravagant parties in hopes that she would waltz in, stealing her from her husband, should I go on? It's insane, but you have to give the guy credit. When the guy becomes rich, the first thing he thinks of is his first love, the love of his life feeling a love so strong that even after years apart, it ignites a sense of hope. The green light is his sense of hope in seeing or even being with Daisy again. I think Daisy is a little crazy as well, but I think she is a woman who would love to live for adventure and make her own path in the world. But the restraints of tradition, money, and even self-pride hold her back. She is introduced as a carefree spirit, but has an inner lack of confidence that plagues her. Before marrying Tom and reading Gatsby's letter, she hesitates on her upcoming nuptials, remembering what truly what being truly in love felt like. But coming from a rich traditional family, love just isn't enough for her to be with Gatsby. Her fears and restraints still remain there even when she is reunited with Gatsby. Do I think she would have left Tom for Gatsby if the car accident hadn't happened? No, I don't think she had the guts. 
My heart goes on for Gatsby that he was able to have such a constant hope for a, a life of true love. As obsessive as it may have been, it was a dream of a once-in-a-lifetime love for him. What breaks my heart um, is that she did not even attend his funeral. Yeah, that kills me too, man. And we talked a little bit about that. A man that gave all his love for Daisy, as obsessive as it may have been, but yet he died alone. I think to Daisy, Gatsby was a painful memory that if she blocked it away, she would eventually feel nothing towards him and live in what she believed to be happiness with Tom. Do I think he and Daisy were true soulmates? Maybe, but alas, that is not what happened. And so we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Thank you, Adrian. That is so powerful. And I do appreciate that, you know, you were one of the first people that we heard from that still appreciated that love that they had. And, and that's something that's really, really important especially when it comes to feeling sympathy for Gatsby himself. I mean, we were pretty brutal on Gatsby this episode, but I think there is something to be said for his feelings for Daisy too. Um, he, he truly did have something deep and passionate for Daisy, whether or not be love or obsession or what it was. Um, but I think you did a great job of explaining that. So thank you, Adrian. So now um, we are at that moment in our show when we get to announce our next part. episode. So drum roll, please. Yes, drum roll. Okay, next we are going to be discussing Nick and Jess from New Girl. These two are a less iconic, you know, quote unquote, iconic couple than Romeo and Juliet or Gatsby and Daisy, but they're a ton of fun. We want you to let us know what your thoughts are by emailing us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and this concludes our second episode. Thank you you all so much for joining us and we'll see you next time see ya peace out lovers till next time let's blouse <laughs>